Kali. Kalimera, Kalispera, Kalinikta, no matter where in this wild, wacky and wonderful world you might be. Thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. I promised you as many live shows as possible between now and the end of the season. And the Tuesday-ish club is back with a very special guest and Super Kev. Here we go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. And girls, good morning, no matter where in the world you are. Thanks for making us part of your day, of course. And if you're listening on replay, some of you will be. Uh, in some countries, you can watch the football tonight. If you're in England, I don't think you can watch the football on the telly tonight. Um, but those listening on our audio platforms and replay, thank you so much for joining. Once again, back, my podcast brother from another mother who's ready to go into battle here with that lifesaver this evening, Mr. Superkev, Superkev, Campbell. Squaddies, <laughs> we've got a short and sharp show, so let's go at ease. Totally correct. <laughs> and joining us is one of our favourites. He's back for another round in Squad Central. Broadcaster, journalist extraordinaire, Mr. Jordan Jarrett Bryan. Welcome back to Squad Central. Good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you are. How are we all doing? How are we all doing? Amazingly well. Super Kev does look like he's ready to just brock some necks, like for real, ready for Kev. War, isn't he? I like yeah. it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, Kev. No, I got, I got some. I got some grenades about here. Trust me. He's ready to rock. <laughs> I got some grenades. I'm getting ready for. I'm getting ready for the weekend, guys. Trust me. <laughs> I love it. I Absolutely love, it. I love, love it. it. Good evening to all the usual suspects back in the house. Squaddies, Mark's here. Matty K's here. Matthew's here. Unfortunately, Newman is here. Um, Ian's here, Trev's here, not really Newman. I didn't actually mean that. Kind of feel bad. Maybe I don't. Uh, Ayushman's here, everyone's here. Let's get stuck into it. Right, there has been so much to the Arsenal this season, Jordan. There are lots of narratives, threads, arcs, especially for us storytellers. Um, and there's a lot of credit going to Mikel Arteta, and rightly so. But I wanted to take a beat as we're in between games here, and we'll get your prediction on Liverpool at the end of the show. But I wanted to just kind of take a beat because Super Kev and I have been trying to illustrate over the last maybe couple of years why we need patience or why maybe the Cronkies aren't as bad as we think. Although we have also heavily criticised them for some of the faux pas that they have made, right? So I wanted to talk to you this evening, having covered the club, you talk about it on the Forever Arsenal podcast and um, all of the stuff that you're seeing and, and the people you're talking to on the ground. The total control part, is that really when the Cronkies became more engaged in Arsenal? Is that when Arsenal's evolution really kicked in, 2018? And do you buy into that? Is that fair or foul of me to say, we have to be paid. We we have to kind of look at that and say, when they became owners of the club, that's when really they took control of Arsenal and their plan and their strategy. Mm. Well, first of all, I hope that me and Kev can get on this title. The last time I came on your fantastic podcast, me and Kevin, we we we, we didn't agree on much, and we, we we fell out, didn't we? We fell out. It was it was arms house, as we say in South <laughs> London. It was, it was you know, um. Our, our team's doing well now, so hopefully we can um, we can we can pod in harmony. Um, 
I think it's a fair assertion to make, Sophie. I think that the timings would tell us that when they did take full control of the club, that the narrative that that's when they um, decided to really take things more seriously, the timing seems to be in their favour in terms of it works with that narrative. It's hard to dispute the fact that when they took over the majority or an entire share of the club, that's when we saw an upward trajectory in, um, I wouldn't even say success, but in a, a, a sense that this ownership now finally want to make the club successful, not only financially, but actually on the pitch as well. I think the ownership have been rightly pillared over the years. I don't think we should, just because we're now in a good period and things are looking up, we should ignore the fact that we were rightfully critical and, and wanted them out for a long period. We pay our, our season tickets are the most expensive in the world of any football club. When you're paying for a premium service or a premium product, that doesn't guarantee you success in trophies, but it guarantee, it should guarantee you that at least the people you're paying your money to treat your money um, in a way that uh, shows us they're attempting to try and gain success. That, that's what it should guarantee. No team, mm. you know, th th has the right to kind of claim trophies. But I think we were right to 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 to, to protest and to just show our ire towards them. But now, let's be fair. Let's be fair. In the last three or four years, in terms of their appointments of managers, I think Unai Emery was a good appointment. It didn't work out for various reasons, but it was, and he's an elite manager. And now with Arteta, with the signings that have come in, they've backed Arteta, not only with the incomings, but also with the outgoings. They've lost money on the likes of Ozil, Mustafi, and Aubameyang, to name three, um, Lacazette as well, to name, to name four. I think they, they, they do deserve credit now. And I think that the timing of, yeah, as you say, when they took over the club, does suit their narrative that they would say, well, that now we're serious. Now we have the club entirely to ourselves. Now we're going to really go for it. I think it's now about sustainability. Let's win this league, first of all. I'm sure we'll get to that chat in a, in a little bit. But let's mm -hmm. win this league. And, but then for me, it's about, I don't want to win one league in five. I don't want to be in the top four one year in a few. I want to be in the top four every year. I want to be competing for titles every year. You might not win the title every year, but I want this sort of season most years. And that is where I think the real work starts. Not just one, one great year. Let's maintain that over the next four, five, six, seven years. Mm. I like that bit that you said at the end, because I think as a as fans, <clears throat> it's important. You know, and, and you look at it, Kev, from a cyclical point of view, right? Liverpool, 30 years, us, 20 years. Manchester United now more recently. How long has it been for them now? Eight years um, and mm. since they've won the title too. And I think for some fans, really kind of being able to get behind the Cronkies, just to riff off what Jordan said is here, is like, it can't just be a one-off. It has to be a long-term investment. And I think when you see how they've run their sports teams in the US, and sometimes I get... Um, pelters for this because they're like, you can't compare the two. You can compare sports owners. And right now, I think that they're one of the best owners in the Premier League. Um, Kev, when was the turning point for you? Was it what jo what we just talked about with Jordan when they took full control? Or was it when we removed players for free? When you're a billionaire sports owner, you don't like giving up anything when you're not getting your ROI. Do you think that's really when they put all their muscle behind they do and Mikel when they got rid of the Abamyangs and the Ozils and they weren't afraid to write that off as a bad debt? Um, no, I, I think them taking ownership was was the first and most important move. Then obviously they had to they had to work out who was going to be the, the captain of the ship, of manager. And 
uh, as Jordan rightly said, Emery is a good manager for whatever reason. Look, there's there's loads of people who would say this, that, the other. For whatever reason, it didn't quite work out at the time. But under their stewardship, they went and got Mikel Arteta. Everybody knows he's a, he's a novice. But they went with a plan. And they stuck to it. And whatever it took, they were going to back him. And we had to pay players, as you know. We didn't like it. Um, transfer windows weren't as, as, as fancy as we would have liked. We didn't sign anybody two Januaries ago, which probably could have cost us, you know, Champions League football, etc., etc. Remember, there was demonstrations. What was it? 18, two years ago. So we have to weigh it all up and say, you know, the Cronkies haven't had it easy since they've took full control. But what they have done, they have stuck to their guns. They've stuck the belief behind Mikel Arteta. And if you keep doing the, 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 the correct things all the time, your luck will change. And mm. that's what's happened. Go on, Jordan. And I, I think so. That's that is the point. That's a really that's that is the point. I think that Kev makes there. Let's not let's not be you know be 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 blind to facts here. The the, the the club, the fan base, nobody expected this season to be a season that we compete for the title. Nobody. Anyone that says that they did is a liar. The mm -hmm. club most certainly were not setting up for a title challenge. But what Kevin says there nails it. I think that what the club have done really well is they've set up the club and the team to be in a position whereby if so happens the big hitters the other big hitters fall off as has happened with chelsea and liverpool we are in a position to be able to pounce and take advantage everyone's saying oh, oh it's going to be a caveat not caveat it's going to be an asterisk season you only win it because the big boys are rubbish and i'm like well first of all that's their problem if chelsea would have been rubbish liverpool would have a year off that's not our problem but second of all, it's not it's not luck. It's about preparing to be successful. They were preparing to be in the top four because they expected Chelsea to be in the mix. They expected Liverpool to be in the mix, City and maybe United or Spurs, and we can be in that kind of bum fight there. But what's happened is in preparing to be the best they can be, they've now found themselves in a position where they're like, you know what, we're actually top. And I don't care why Chelsea are doing poorly. I don't care why Liverpool are doing poorly. We are handling our business and we are in a position now whereby we can be successful. I don't want to bring up that team down the road too much, but that's where, for me, that's where they're failing. They've not given themselves a chance to be successful because they don't really have a long-term plan. These guys have got a long-term plan that it's, come, it's, it's coming early, a year or two early. Mm -hmm. But I think because of that plan, we're now positioned in a place whereby we can capitalise on the fact that Liverpool and Chelsea um, you know, are having seemingly a year off. Go on, Kev. And Jordan, when the noise was at its greatest, with the fan base not happy with the owners, with the fan base not happy with the manager, what did they do? They battened down the hatches, kept their feet firmly on the ground, and they said, we're still moving forward with our plan. You know, there was no deviation. There was no, uh, maybe we should think about sacking Arteta. No, this is the plan and we're going to we're gonna dive the plan. And they've done that. And we're the, we're the beneficiaries of continuity. That's what we are. Mm -hmm. We've allowed the manager, Edu, and, and the backroom staff to do things in the right and proper way. We've brought players in, 
Some fans didn't like the names of the players that were coming in. But that just goes to show what fans know. Fans <laughs> don't know it all. Fans want a competitive... That goes for you too, so... <laughs> fans want... What we all want is a competitive team, don't we? We want a team that we can love, who goes out there every week and has a fight. And you know what? We won't always win, but they always give their all. And sometimes that's all we can do. And you know what? This season, adding Zinchenko and Jesus to the mix has changed the mindset in that dressing room. Mm. The focus is one of, we've got to be winners. Kev, and that's why we are where we are. Our, our culture as a club hasn't been to sack man. That's Chelsea's culture, right? The reason why I kind of wanted to talk, to talk about this with you and Jordan tonight in particular was I was just sitting there and seeing what's happening at Chelsea, how much they've invested. And maybe it's because there's been a culture change in ownership but that managerial revolving door may have finally come to bite them in the butt. But it's a strategy that has yielded a tremendous amount of success for them. We just, that's not been our culture, Jordan. So if anything, Mikel Arteta benefited from not only maybe how the Cronkies like to do business, if you look at how they handled Sean McVay and the LA Rams, you know, how they've slowly built the burn back up with the Denver Nuggets this year who can go on and win the NBA, what they did with the Colorado Avalanche last year, what they even done with their lacrosse team um, who ended up winning a national championship. They, they're there, that the, you guys are right, you're there for the slow burn, but also they've carried on the culture of Arsenal, have they not, where we just don't fire people. And and that so for us, I, and that for us is, has been a lucky thing. Totally. I, I think that he's been the beneficiary of the fact that he's joined the club that, you know, bar Emery, don't really fire managers very quickly. I mean, I'm going to die not on this for the, till the day that I die. I went to Mikel Arteta when Wenger left. I was, I, was the, I was the only person on the planet that was saying Mikel Arteta should be coming in now. And everybody laughed at me, and rightfully so. I get it. He was a novice. He was a coach at Manchester City. He had no experience of managing. Why would you go from a legend of a manager to a complete novice? I get it. But I'd heard very good things about him. And at that point, for me personally, we were at rock bottom. So for me, it was a case of when you're at rock bottom, you might as well gamble. You, you've got none to lose. So you might as well gamble. Um, so I'm going to dine out on that to the day that I die. But what I'm really pleased about is that when it was at its worst, <laughs> and I know, trust me, I am. And when, when, when we were in the league this year, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be on Twitter. I wanted Arteta from three, four, five years ago. My man. Um, Are you the one I'm, who's what... keeping all the receipts then, Jordan? Oh, don't worry about that. I've got some receipts. I've got some receipts. <laughs> then don't got, do receipts. So... Kev's got, got a ton. <laughs> but, what, but what I think the key was, was that the F, he won the FA Cup in his first year. Because let's not be, let's, even I as an mm. Arteta fan, let's yeah. not be, let's not um, be, again, blind to the facts here. There was a point whereby he could arguably be and maybe should have been fired. There was a period where it was like, this guy, akin maybe a little bit to Graham Potter, was, it looked like he was out of his depth. But when a guy wins a trophy that early, he's shown the fan base and he's shown the media and he's shown the, the hierarchy, I can get over the line. I'm having a bad time now, but I've shown you I can get a trophy in the bag. And I think that is what the club lent on when he was going through his tough yeah. time. So I'm, he, I'm glad that they've tapped into their culture of sticking with the guy because now they're yielding the rewards of that. Yeah, it definitely bought him a lot of love coupons. And rightly so, you know. Love and I actually think that may have escalated his personal 
vision in terms of forget the the club have a plan, but as a manager, you know, it, it, they're following his strategic, um, you know, plan, goals, object objectives. I think it escalated what he thought he could achieve in the Premier League once he won the FA Cup, Kev. Listen, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. And one thing that hasn't got mentioned, and I've got to mention it, playing in, playing in empty stadiums. Yeah, definitely. That really, I think it absolutely definitely. hurt Arsenal. Whereas at home, we went through our worst, one of our worst ever home records for so many years to an empty stadium. And I know people have been critical of, of the, the Emirates at that time, saying it's like a library, etc. But when you're a manager and you want to connect the team with the fan base and there's no fan base there, hmm. it, it's very difficult sometimes. So we've had to deal with a lot um, of, of things that's gone on off the pitch, which he can't control. But if we're honest, the way he's built this squad, the way... He's connected the fan base to the team. And the way the club, everybody's moving in the right direction. Obviously, there's still a few who, who moan. But you're going to get that, aren't you? But for me, the job that's being done right now is, is one we all hoped would happen. And yeah, you know, he was on the trap door. 100% at, at, at certain times. But like any good ownership... You never make knee-jerk reactions. You stick to what you got to do and you see it through. And that's that's what's happened. And do you know what? I'm really proud of, of, of everybody at Arsenal, everybody in the background, the manager. Everybody's much maligned um, from the fan base because, let's be honest, as a fan base, we've, we've gone through some pain. <laughs> and, we and, have gone and, through some pain. And pain isn't nice. Everybody handles pain differently. Some people mm. lash out. Some people keep quiet. Some people just, you know, can't take it. We've had we've had tough times. And Sophie, sorry, just to your, to your no, point yeah. about culture as well. You spoke about Chelsea's culture mm -hmm. and Arsenal's culture. I think that's really, really relevant. And what, what I'm not liking, and I kind of did it earlier on to contradict my next point, but what I don't <laughs> like is this. Uh, what I, I don't like when people say Graham Potter should have been kept in a job because look at what Arsenal are doing. Their guy went through tough times. They mm -hmm. stuck with him. I think it's a bit of a false equivalence. Jordan! I don't... Go on. <laughs> Who we wanted him in. Well, I'll move you there, Kev. I'll move you there for sure. But the reason why I didn't like the comparison with, oh, well, they've got a young manager. They stuck with Arsenal. Look at Arsenal. Is one, because their culture is different. So yes. you, it's not a full, it's not an equal comparison. But second of all, just because one club has a young manager that went through tough times and now is having good times, that shouldn't necessarily be the blueprint for everybody else. If Todd Bowley, uh, and obviously he's fired him now, but if Todd Bowley felt that, you know what, I did give this young guy, young manager, well, he's not young, but this up-and-come manager at that level a chance, but actually I made an error, he shouldn't be forced to stick with Graham Potter just because people are saying, well, look at Arsenal, look at Arteta, because what's right for us might not be right for them. So I hate this kind of comparison right. of, they should stick with what Potter just because it's working at Arsenal. We're two different clubs with two different circumstances. So I, I never liked that kind of comparison. Yeah, I think it's, it is different. Like I said at the top of the show, the cultures are just different. And I'm not sure if that is going to be a culture that's ever going to work for them. But it's certainly no. one that has worked, you know, for us. 
Um, I want to ask you guys this because the eighth, eighth season and then losing to Emery in the semi-final and you, that was when Kev kind of talked about and you loosely a little bit, Jordan, of, you know, at what point was he teetering on that? And I think after the Emery loss, the man that he replaced was that one moment where I definitely started questioning it was that. And then the, the, the following season, the way we started, who's responsible this is where I want to get into your heads with the owners. Because, of course, you know, we saw this era and how Arteta came in and, you know, we we saw Ivan leave and and then Josh really kind of getting stuck in and getting involved in the in in the Arsenal and being given the reins by by dad. And, you know, Emery didn't unfortunately get the same backing. He didn't have the same hierarchy who had a backbone um, to really you know, and, and I think he, his vision was just not Mikel's, right? But look what's happening at Aston Villa. He's being given the tools there. It's working. We'll see how that goes long term. Who's really responsible for keeping the faith in Arteta? Is it Adu convincing the owners, Jordan and Kev? Is it is it the owners? Is it Josh? Because he kept his job. But who's responsible for that? All of the okay, above. You go first. All of the above. All of the above. Um Edu's going to back the manager because they see the same vision. But it's the, it's the money people. The money people make the big decisions. Um, uh, Stan and Josh Kroenke, you've got to say, you know, again, much maligned, come under a lot of scrutiny. But they're the ones who have to say, you know, we're going to stick with him. And in that um, documentary, you saw when the, when, when, when the fire got very high and the flame was burning you saw that moment where josh said to Mikel, you're right we got this you know that that just that little moment means a lot i'm sure it meant a hell of a lot to to Mikel arteta to hear from somebody so close to the the owner and the owner's son saying it's all right man we got this we're, we're back here and and Probably from that moment on, he got galvanised. Um, so, again, Edu would back Mikel Arteta anyway because they, they've got the plan. Um, and, and don't forget, Sophie, do you remember when Edu came out and, and done that interview speaking about... Well, with a, Sky. Yeah, and yeah. he said that there's different phases and all mm -hmm. that. And the world-class player. Like it. Some liked it, some didn't. Mm -hmm. But he was only telling the truth because... We are actually ahead of the, uh, the curve, aren't we, right now? We are ahead of the curve, which if you've got any plan, if you're ahead of the curve, you're doing well. Yeah. Go on, I Jordan. Think, yeah, no, I think it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but, you know, I, I, agree, I agree. Well, it is, because I, I agree with Kev. I think, I think all of them deserve equal Wait, are you credit. saying Kev's I, answer is a cop-out? Well, yeah, but I agree with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Okay, so, so fine. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Because you wanted one name, but I'm like, I don't think you can give give all the credit. The ownership, I said, Jordan, don't try that one. Oh, did you? I said oh, sorry. The ownership. sorry, sorry, I thought you meant the Edu Arteta. <laughs> no, I said okay. Edu will back the manager anyway, so right. you've got to look at the ownership. Okay. Well, in that case, I disagree with Kevin then. So, um, I think I, I would give equal credit, um, <laughs> to the because the ownership obviously set the standard and they're the ones that are cutting the checks to ensure that stuff gets done. 
but the manager is the one that obviously has to really implement the culture that is set from the top. And if that culture isn't implemented, I mean, sorry to, to bring them up again, but at Chelsea, we're seeing that when the ownership aren't aligned with the manager, you end up losing two mm. managers in seven months. They've all got to be on the same page. Now, when it all goes wrong, we know who goes, who, who, who leaves, but there's still that's still an L for the ownership because they've got to A, pay that guy off and B, they've got to now bring in the next guy to resurrect what the previous guy messed up on. So I think the praise should be spread equally. Arteta has is getting all the credit and rightfully so, but he's only allowed to do what he's allowed to do. The ownership have backed him financially. They've allowed him to let Aubameyang go. They've allowed him to let Ozil go. Come on, give me, give me one sec, one, one sec, Kev, one sec, one sec. We can, we can, we can big up Arteta all day long, but if he was under a different ownership, would he, would, would he have been allowed to have said to the boss, Aubameyang, get him out, get him out. I don't care what it costs, get him out. Another ownership might have said, no, are you mad? That's going to cost us 10 mil. Ozil, get him out, get him out. Are you mad? But the ownership said, okay, if that's what you think is the better, is for the betterment of this club overall, we will, we will write that money off and we will back you. So I think the, the ownership and the management have to kind of have to share equal credit. Because if it goes wrong, for me, they've got to share equal blame. Kev's not, Kev, Kev's not having it. No, we, I'm shaking my head, Jordan. I'm, like, I'm having a night off tonight. It's lovely no, here. Jordan, I'm shaking my head because the, the, the question implied that Mikel Arteta surviving, who, is, who gets the plaudits? Mikel oh, Arteta, you sorry, can't give sorry. that decision to Mikel sorry, Arteta. I misunderstood the the question. Question. Sorry, yeah, I misunderstood yeah. I misunderstood the question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Kevin's right there. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. I, just I thought think... you were asking which, which element of the hierarchy are, are, are to be credited for the success. For, for what's sorry. going on now. For, ex sorry, for yes. example, I can picture a conversation where Josh goes, you know, to do and says, listen, is this, is this guy all right? I mean, you know. And and I, and I can see Josh in his brain, like tick, tick, tick. Sean McVay took us to a Super Bowl. We lost. We stuck with him. We had faith in him. We let him rebuild. We threw the kitchen sink, which I feel there's a little bit of a pattern here that has followed what, you know, what they've done with the Rams. I know it's different sports, guys. I'm just talking about philosophy mm. and sticking sticking with someone. Um, yeah. So, look, I know we've got a few minutes here, so I wanted to cram a no, few no, other no, don't bits run, in. Don't run, okay. Don't run, all right. Run, okay. Um, because the other thing, too, is... I know they talk about, um, you know, look what's happening at Chelsea right now with the with the owner. Look what's happening at Liverpool, Manchester United. I know Manchester United, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Liverpool, a little bit less so. But I think they had a PR faux pas, really, when they came out at first talking about selling than it was investment. I think they bumbled their communications there just a little bit. So just to ask you the obvious question that I've kind of been building towards, are the Cronkies... Now, we did. This is the second time I'm asking this question on the show. I asked it a few months ago, and a lot of Arsenal fans agreed with us, Jordan. And some still felt like they needed to see a little bit what you're seeing. Now, you, you talked about the trajectory and what you wanted at the very, the very top of the show. But just mm. an answer to answer the, the question Are they the best owners in the Premier League right now, or one of? Who's a better owner than them in the Premier League? I think, and this is a bit of a convoluted answer to the question, but I think the best owners are the ones that have implemented what the mission is. So if you're an ownership that don't really care about success on the pitch, but want to make money, and you're making money, then you're good owners. If you're, if you're, if you're Roman Abramovich who doesn't care about the money, but wants trophies, and you get trophies back, 
then you're a good owner. I think it's about what do the owners want? Do they want to make money? Do they want to sports wash? Do they want to win trophies? What is their desire and what is coming back? Our ownership is doing really well right now because I imagine they're not only on the verge of getting a big trophy, but they're probably making money as well. I never understand mm. when people when people don't understand the fact that or owners don't understand. If you spend money on a football team and that team does well, you're going to make money. You're going to make money. So why would you not want to invest in your team to try and, to try and make that team on the, pit, on the pitch successful? Because if you're successful on the pitch, you're much more likely to make money off of it as well. But some teams so, do invest money, guys, and they invest it poorly. But, and we've well, done that's that. On them. Well, then that's on them. So you need, you need to get the best in class to ensure, are you appointing the best coaches, the best physios, the best players, the best managers to kind of get the best overall outcome as well. So who the best owner in the league, best owners in the league are, for me, at this point, I would say Brentford. I think Brentford are the, have the best owners in the Premier League. I think what they're doing on their budget and where they've come from to where they are right now, I just think it's, 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 it's a joke. Who their recruitment policy, um, the exit strategy for players, Brighton or another team as well that I would Brighton, play. Yeah. I, I think what they have to what they're achieving, they are massively overachieving, more than us. We're doing very well. But let's not pretend like we're not spending big dough. But we're expected <laughs> and, to win. So the pressure on us is far greater than Brighton and Brentford, who are doing a lovely job right now in the Premier League. It's um, totally different for the Arsenal. If we right, don't so win this this year, Jordan, we better be prepared with our shields because uh, yes, they're going to come and they're going to come let fierce. Me, let me ask you, and Kevin, then. Is Arsenal being in the top four or slash top two, considering who we are, is that a bigger achievement than Brighton being on the cusp of the Champions League? Bigger achievement? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a of bigger achievement. Of course it is. Brighton were in Division Ten. Like no, I'm saying ago. it's not. It's, I'm saying Arsenal oh, being okay, in the top okay. four is not a bigger achievement than Brighton. Okay. Okay, all right. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. <laughs> you're ready to listen, Jordan. Are listen. you listening you to you my... You see, you listen. If you ask the question, listen. <laughs> Journalist extraordinary. Allow <laughs> me, Kevin. Allow me. Allow me. Allow me. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Do you see, though, what's happening to us, Kev? We're all like... Inside, we're no, like, Jordan is. I tell you that. Much. No, but Jordan, I feel like I'm feeling Jordan because, like, deep down inside, I'm like listening, but I'm there. I'm here. Tony was talking to me this morning, and I had to like tell a white lie again because I was just thinking about like the game nine, at the weekend. Nine games I should have been gone. thinking about our restoration hardware delivery this afternoon. You know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so let me ask you guys: Who do you guys think the best owners in the league are then? I think currently, okay. Um, with an asterisk, Man City's. Yeah, with an asterisk because yeah, they've consistently yeah. invested in the team for them to perform over and over. It's a disgusting asterisk. I'm not going to even put an asterisk on that. I'm not going to say them. I think we mm. are one of the best owners in the Premier League. Come at me, everyone. I really don't care. I no, really, 100%, I, so. I believe that, you know what? If you love that Mikel Arteta is manager of the Arsenal Football Club, thank the Cronkies. But so I don't think we can say that after one brilliant year. No, Let's not forget. It's not we, one we, brilliant we year. Eight, eight last season fifth. was great. We Okay, uh, last season was great. We got back into Europe. I never killed the team for finishing fifth and getting into the Europa League. You know, that was the season before where I was losing my marbles. 
But to understand and then really kind of take a beat and say, okay, all right, I, I, I'm going to lose my marbles as a fan if I just don't take a take a chill pill here. But that was a great season. I know it ended Arsenal, poorly. It Arsenal ended so bad. Arsenal finishing Europe for me doesn't warrant credit. No, but I'm it's sorry. the stepping stone, right? Even me, crazy me, it's the stepping stone. Mm. Look at this year. If we don't win the Premier League, I'm going to be very disappointed that we didn't mm. close the deal. And that's the question I'm asking you, Jordan. It will be, I mm. think, in order for Arsenal to truly evolve as a club and be Arsenal 2.0, we have to win the Premier League. And it's not me yeah, throwing yeah, my yeah. toys out the pram. As I think for Arsenal Football Club to earn all of the respect back, that's what has to happen. No, agree I agree or disagree? That. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I don't think over a, a period of three, four years, the job the Cronkies have done is a better job than, say, at Brighton, Brentford, City. Um, I, think there's a, I think there's a few clubs I would put ahead of Arsenal. Is that comparing of, apples and oranges, though? Because no, I think expectations. Expectations mm -hmm. for Arsenal should be competitive. Um, we're, we're, now, we're now where we should be. Brighton shouldn't be fifth, wherever they are, or sixth. Brighton shouldn't be anywhere near the top half of the table. They shouldn't be anywhere near it. Agree. And compete. They've... They could get fourth. They could genuinely get fourth. Listen, they got rid of their manager who's done so much, much for them. They've become better and they lost how many players? They're like Southampton. They lose great players who've gone on to do really good things and they keep turning. It's unbelievable what they've done. It really is. Okay, let me... I know I said one of. I never said the. If I said the yeah, best, yeah, yeah. I said one of the best. No, they're already going at me in, in the chat. Oh, well, okay. okay, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, we're going to play quick fire, oh my word, because we've mentioned a few names and I want to get one word, one word, uh, before we get your Liverpool prediction, uh, one word um, that describes them, okay? Here we go, quick fire, oh my word, Yang. Wasted talent. That's two words. There's a hyphen between the two, so that's one Andrew, word. Listen, <laughs> Andrew Mangan, aka Ask Blog, played this brilliantly last week. Jordan, right, sorry, come sorry, on, sorry, one sorry, word. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Waster. <laughs> Waster, yeah. That's, that's hard. Kev, but, one word for Aubameyang. X. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I like that. Who are you thinking of there, Kev? Yeah. Um, he's okay. our X striker, so he's an X. So yeah, he is. He is. Don't don't matter. We put them, we'll put them both up. What about Ozil, Jordan? Overrated. Wow. Okay. I, 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 sorry, if I could just expand. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. Briefly. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I, I think the kind of rewriting of history of Meza Ozil's time at Arsenal is embarrassing by the by the fan base. He get he was here. For, he was at Arsenal for seven years, I think it was. He gave us, in my opinion, a combined two good years. Two good yeah. years he gave us. That for me, for a record signing of forty two and a half million, that's a flop. I would argue, bar Pepe, that's our worst ever signing. That's how well um, people kind of, I think the idea of Meza Ozil was better than the reality of what he actually did. In insanely talented player, but in terms of what he delivered, he was a flop. And the Arsenal fan base kind of talk about him like, and I'm like, we're watching the same player for, for like seven years that just didn't turn up, literally sometimes didn't turn up. In game, didn't really. Do, nah, sorry. Overrated. The one highlight of your of your Arsenal career, if you're Ozil, can't be against Luda Goretz. I'm sorry, no, it just it no, just cannot. No. Um, Kev, what's your one word for a Mesut? Uh, wasted. Wasted. That's a good one. Josh Kroenke, Jordan. Learning. Learning. Like that, Kev. 
Smart. Yeah, I like Josh. Come on, this is this is the episode where I've invited everyone to <laughs> lob the pelters over. Um, okay, what about a do? How about a bit of sugar for a do, Jordan? What's your Ooh, one word? My one word for a do. Um, oh, I would say growth. I think he and his time at the club, I've seen a growth in trajectory of. Of, of improvement. I think he has grown. I think the club has grown under his leadership. There's been a couple errors, but generally I've seen the club going in the right direction under his leadership. <laughs> Marks was barbecue. <laughs> That's more than bloody one word. <laughs> that is... Kevin, I love Jordan's, had a, Jordan's having a stellar night. I love He's it. It's one of his most off. legendary. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm having a Western super. I am. I Big am, time. Am. My word is astute. <laughs> A stew. Very nice. Very nice, Super Kev. I like that. Um, and because Jordan hasn't given us his one word on Mikel, um, Kev gets to do Mikel every time we ask someone. But Jordan, what is your one word for Mikel? Um, oh, one word for Mikel would be ruthless. I think he's a ruthless manager, a ruthless coach with standards. I would say ruthless. I think that is where, why he's got to where he's got Arsenal so far. He's been, he's just been very unrelenting. Unrelenting. That's a better word. Oh, that's a good word. Unrelenting. Yeah. I like that. Super Kev, your word for this week for Mikel. Quality. Quality. Excellent. And we can't let Jordan go without asking him for maybe... I've been inundated with requests, Jordan, mm -hmm. um, to ask you to give us your thoughts on this fella. <laughs> you set me up. For those listening on audio, yes, it's Xhaka. <laughs> Kev wants to listen, hear it. Come on. Listen, I, I said on Fever Arsenal Pod that for me, he is in my, our top three players of the year. That's a hard three to kind of knuckle down this year. There's been so much brilliant players. He's been brilliant this year. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he had a bit of a dip post-World Cup. He's picked up a little bit the last three or four games. But up until the World Cup, he was, I would argue, our best player. I just think, I, I think he was brilliant. So I'm, I'm not a hater, but you know what it is? I'm not saying his name because if I'm scared if I say it now, he'll tail off. So on behalf of all the Arsenal fans, I'm going to keep it. not saying his name. And I just think that it, it will the, the tradition will continue until the nine games are done. When he's when he lifts it, I will be saying it all over the place. But for now, I can't do it. So I can't do it. Kev, I can't do it. <laughs> Kev and I were talking last week about if we win it, um, how many babies, Arsenal babies, will be born in nine months after <laughs> the fact, right? And we were talking about popular names. Bukayo, I think, will be the number one name. Then Kev oh, yeah. threw in Mikel, which I was like, I wasn't even thinking of Mikel. And then what about Granite? Huh? Little Granite Jackers. What Say about it. Josh? <laughs> nah, boring. Josh is boring. <laughs> Go on. Say Granite Jacker one time for Super Kev. I can't do it. I can't do it. I no, don't, don't let him. Don't break the. Yeah, okay, don't let's not break it. it. Don't break the okay. curse. All do right, it. Liverpool. Don't, don't say it. Let's get your Liverpool predictions in because uh, Super Kev. Um, uh, we need your prediction, Kev, and we need your prediction, Jordan. Liverpool this weekend, you've seen the team that Klopp picked this evening, benching everyone, ruthless from Klopp as well. 
what you what you think what are you thinking jordan are we finally going to break another duck up there yeah we are yeah we are i've been saying for about three or four weeks we're going to win this game um i haven't got any kind of real insightful analysis as to why on this one it's just a gut i've had a gut feeling for a few weeks we're gonna we're gonna get smashed four nil now but i've had a gut <laughs> feeling for a few weeks that we're gonna win this one the city game excuse me the city one i'm not sure about i'm, I'm less confident in that one even the newcastle one i'm less confident in that one but for some reason excuse me I'm really confident we'll win this game. Um, I mean, it's probably the last time I'm on your fantastic pod between now and the, the end of the season. I just think if we can go there and beat Liverpool, and it won't be easy. Liverpool at home are still very, very good. They're a mess away, but they're very good at home. If we can go there and beat Liverpool, so for me, and I'm going to say early, I think we're in the territory of one hand on the title because then we give ourselves a nice buffer of being able to drop points in a couple of games and still be ahead of City. Um, so I, I think we will win. I'm not being a deluded Arsenal fan. I think we will win against uh, Liverpool. I, I said on forever Arsenal. I think I said two one. I think we'll beat or beat them two one. Um, and, and I and I believe that. I think we're, we're you know we, we need to go there and just step up, win, lose or draw. So think my big my big want from the team is go in there and conduct yourselves like the league leaders. Conduct yourself like the champions. And let don't go in there and and cower to the Anfield crowd. We saw in the documentary. We were mocked for Mikel Arteta having the speaker blaring in the, the audio of You'll Never Walk mm-hmm. Alone. And we got mocked for that. Well, let's see if it actually works. <laughs> let's see if that actually end up, ends up working. Because for me, this is the game where we can send a statement out and really, really let the league know we're winning this league. So uh, whatever, win, lose or draw, just don't, don't let yourselves down. Don't go away from the things that have got you this far. Compete. Be strong. Compete. If you go 1-0 down late on, it's not over. If you go one nil down early, it's not over. I just want my team on Sunday to just compete. Just go there and conduct yourselves like the, the league leaders we are. Don't cower. Don't step up and get it done. But I think we win 2-1. Super Kev. Uh, my my is the same. I put 2-1 up before, as you were saying the thing. Um, mm. I think Arsenal would win. Again, we've got a goal there and punch him in the mouth. You know, I at agree. Anfield, you can't just go there and be timid. You've got a no. goal there with an aggression our away form is great yes. so what have we what what have we got to worry about it's liverpool anfield yes we haven't won there in a while yeah but you know what it's about time we did yeah kevin also i really believe it when saka said in his interview sideline pitch interview um that for the first time i in years i feel like we have a team that doesn't fear anybody mm. and that is massive and that mental side of it hopefully will help us break a duck at Anfield the same way we did against Spurs twice um, this season too. Uh, brilliant stuff from the lads this evening. Jordan, are we going to win it all? I think and what are. is your final thought? Because we let everyone give us their final thought before <clears throat> they depart Squad Central. What do you want the squaddies oh, to know before you I, go? I think we will win it. I didn't call it until about a month ago. Um, I think the Everton win was the win where I was like, we're going to win the league. I saw something in us. So I'm not just, again, being a, like a biased Arsenal fan. I think we will win it. My final comment, I've got lots of comments, but it kind of goes back to something <laughs> that Kevin said. I've got lots. We'll be here all night. But it goes back to something that Kevin said earlier on. What did you say? You said something um, about having our, our, akin to, we've got our team back. And look, if we come second, I don't think it will. I don't think whoever comes second, it will be by a couple of points. I don't think it will be a massive gap. 
There's, we could win most of our games, lose at Liverpool, lose at City and lose the league by a couple of points. There's no shame in that. What for me is important is that I've got my Arsenal back. Most people, and rightfully so, you could say, want their team to, it's winning the most important thing, it's sport. I get it. But for me, I don't know about you two, I didn't enjoy watching Arsenal for the best part of a decade. The last four or five years of Wenger, most of Emery's time, and a lot of Arteta's early couple of years, I didn't enjoy watching my team play for the first time in a long time. I'm just enjoying at three o'clock or 12.30, wherever it is, I'm enjoying watching my team play. I want to win. Let's have it right. I want to win. I don't want to come second. But the bigger picture for me is when I pay my money, I know that I'm going to watch a team that's competitive. There's players that I like. There's a manager that I like. The fan base are are seem to be supporting the club. I mean, if we capitulate, we'll see how they turn then. But everything is going the way that I want it to go. So yes, let's win this Premier League because it'll be it'll be harder next year. But almost as important for me is as, as winning the Premier League is look at Tottenham. They hate watching their team. Look at Chelsea. They hate watching their team. Um, Liverpool, they, they're not enjoying watching their team play. And for me, football as a fan is about entertainment. It's about, mm. it's about enjoying what you're seeing. As a player, as Kevin will tell you, it's about winning. You take 38 1-0 wins, no problem. But so for me as a football fan, I don't get a goal bonus. I don't get a medal. I don't get a trophy. I don't get any of that. So give me memories. Give me moments that I can say over the 38 games, we came second, but you know what? I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's all I asked for. I love that. I'm all about the journey this season too, trying to soak up every minute, every moment. Give me memories, give me moments. I love that line. Mm. It's just perfection because we can we can remember where we were in our life when we said, oh, you know what? In 89, I remember it was a Friday night, me and my dad, my uncle Zach, you know, I mean, you we just know, you know, seven, mm. the, the World Cup. Um, in uh, was it 78 I remember being at a Greek wedding I was seven years old everyone's sitting in a VW with this little t television screen just trying to watch you know the game and, and it just goes on and on and on Kev and it's players like you that give us moments you know mm -hmm. where we can stay even in our darkest days at least you know we we got four FA Cups and it kept those little fires burning but we all know it's the big one we're going to be judged by and as fans we want it back yeah, well, you know what, Jordan? You could have your memories. I want to win. I want to win silverware. <laughs> he looks because so you know mean what? when he said that to me. No, because you know what? The memories are so much better when you win trophies. Of course. Oh, no, but of we want to win as well, Kim. No, 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 no. Jordan said, <laughs> let me Jordan's quote. Having Jordan a man. said, I said, as important. I don't as mind important. finishing. I want to win it, which he did say. He said, but I don't mind finishing second because I've, I've enjoyed good memories. Bollocks! Second is nowhere. Second is nowhere. Yeah, you'll look back on the season and think, we've missed a massive opportunity. We don't want that. We don't want that. Second isn't even in our vocabulary, guys. So, Jordan, at the end of the season... Let's see where you are. Hopefully we're on the parade and you can say, why did I make such a stupid statement? Come on, guys, we want to win I'll it. I'll take it back. I'll take yeah, it back. Yeah, we want to win it. it. And after that, listen, we're getting the memories as the season goes, but we've got to win it now. We've got to yeah. win.
No, you're right. You're right. You're right. We do. Right. We have. We've got to win it now. Albert, you just got here in time for the brocking of the neck. I mean, you know, just great stuff. I mean, jo I know what you were talking about, Jordan, because we've gone so long without winning the Premier League. We're just, ha we're, I mean, look at this is, it leaves me speechless because I'm like, wow, we're in, we're like, it means something because it's felt like so much like American sports. There's been no jeopardy for us. It's been nothing mm. in the Premier League mm. for years. Finish fourth, finish fourth. So the memories part, Kev, add the winning to the <laughs> cake, the icing right there. That's it. That's all we got time for today, people. Jordan, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, thanks for having me. You can find me on Instagram. My name is Jordan Jarrett Bryan. I'm on Twitter, underscore Jordan J. Bryan with a Y. And check out my platform, Black Academic. Again, B-L-A-K-A-D-E-M-I-K. Uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and YouTube as well. Look forward to all of the messages. We're going to have to do a part two of this because the YouTube Lose comments the are going to be... End of the season. <laughs> End of the season and see where we go. So you can correct it. Okay, Super Kev will take us out. <laughs> all right, listen, always a pleasure having Jordan on. He's, oh, listen, he always brings some fire to the, to the table, doesn't he? Always. <laughs> some hot sauce, which is great, but he will work on that mentality squad. He's you know we've got the different mentality over here. Sophie hosts us with the most, as always. Fantastic. But most of all, squaddies, I've got to thank you for joining us. Thanks ever so much. Hit the like button on the way out, just like Vinny's doing. And you know what comes next, squaddies. We love you. And at ease, squaddies. At ease. <laughs> Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.